I'm the Latin lover of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the Latin lover of Our Lady. Today's the feast day of St. Juan Diego. Pray for us. I'm on duty. Terry, what about you? Terry Barber, the Lebanese lover of Our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and the Lebanese lover of Our Lady. Also, it's the feast day. I'll just say it's an anniversary for Archbishop Fulton Sheen's 43 years ago, he was mm. called home to heaven. And I want to just mention that when we have the Fulton Sheen section about something about Sheen. But, you know, Jesse, today's topic, we're sounding the alarm. <coughs> but you know what, Jesse? Cardinal Seurat sounding the alarm. Cardinal Mueller sounding the alarm. Bishop Joseph Strickland. Bishop Vigano. Athanasius Snyder. Vigano. All these great bishops are coming out and sounding the alarm. So we're doing it, too. We're going to talk about the eugenics rebranded. What we're talking about is how these globalists transhumanist plan will destroy life as we know it. That's their game plan. Also, we'll end yep, with it's a good... Part, it's, it's part of the Antichrist... That's uh, right. Yeah. It's, it's what it is, Jesse. It's not... Yeah. It's, it's being around the bush, no. Also, mm-hmm. why pray? We're going to take something from Father uh, Levosik. When you have anything by Father Levosik on prayer, it's gold. And Jesse, uh, I, I'd like your need-to-know file. I have a couple things to need to know. Yeah. Cardinal Seurat said... That the fundamental values promoted by the UN base are a rejection of God. Well, that's true. He also said religious liberty is under threat in the West. Kind of set the stage for what we're talking about. Here's another need-to-know file. COVID vaccinations raise mortality rate. Are you ready? Those, my kids, 50 years, any young person, 50 years or younger, has a 49% higher mortality rate. I see it at the the funerals we do. A couple hundred funerals. A year here at our chapel, young people dying. That's anecdotal. This is a fact. And then last one, a nurse blows the whistle on the alarming increase of fetal deaths after COVID jab rollout. Just the facts, Jess. Go ahead. Also, Wuhan whistleblower alleges lab leak. Oh, yeah. Scientist Andrew Huff worked from 2015 to 2016 as the vice president of EcoHealth Alliance. The U.S. Tax, uh, taxpayer-funded nonprofit group that collaborated with the Chinese laboratory on bat virus research ahead of the COVID-19 outbreak. As a whistleblower, Huff now claims that COVID-19 was man-made and that he saw the potential for a lab leak out of the Wuhan Institute of Virology as early as 2016. Also, Supreme Court Justice Neil Gorsuch <clears throat> on Monday calls out LGBTQ, LGBTQ re-education. Good. On Monday, he pressed Colorado's Solicitor General about the state's position that it has a right to compel a Christian web designer to create websites for gay weddings against her conscience. Justice Gorsuch brought up a previous Supreme Court case in which the high court ruled Colorado acted with malice towards people of faith when it forced Jack Baker, uh, when it forced Baker, Jack Phillips, to undergo anti-discrimination training. Mr. F- Neil Gorsuch said, Mr. Phillips had to go through a re-education program. Did he not? The Solicitor General replied that it was a training to educate Phillips about the, Colo- uh, about the Colorado Anti-Discrimination Act. Well, Gorsuch responded, he goes, some call that a re-education program. <laughs> In other words, communism. Exactly. Also, liberal Catholic bishops, liberal, excuse me, liberal Catholics yes. attack bishops. A few Catholic figures are defending secular attacks on the U.S. bishops for opposing the Democrats' radical marriage bill. Mm -hmm. Religious freedom should not be used as a basis, as a fig leaf for homophobia, wrote celebrity priest Father James Martin. No no, no surprise. 
the National Catholic Distorted Reporter, <laughs> Brian Fraga, dismissed defenses of the bishops whom he said are, quote, not above being criticized or critiqued in the context of specific legislative matters they choose to get involved in. You know, no, bishops are getting involved in moral matters, not political matters. These guys are just wrong from the uh, National Catholic Disorder. Yep. Also, <clears throat> ACLU tries to force trans surgeries. The American Civil Liberties Union threatened to report a Tennessee hospital to the Biden administration's U.S. Department of Health and Human Services office for civil rights unless the health care provider performs transgender surgeries. The ACLU's threat comes after Methodist uh, health care paused the surgery of a 19-year-old patient Good. who suffers from gender dysphoria. So we got a, cop- cap- uh, a, hospital, them. Yeah. a hospital with common sense, Terry. Yeah, well, that's good, Jess. All right, brother, let's get some soul food in our soul. For the gospel, short Absolutely. Matthew chapter 11, verse 16 to 19. Jesus said to the crowds, to what shall I compare this generation? It is like children who sit in marketplaces and call to one another. We played the flute for you, but you did not dance. We sang a dirge, but you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they said he is possessed by a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they said, Look, he is a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners, but wisdom is vindicated by her works, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Our Lord Jesus Christ is exposing his contemporaries, his uh, his Jewish brothers, and and what what he's 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 remember he's reminding them about a children's songs, you know, kids songs. They highlight both the joyousness of a wedding when it says we piped, but it also reflects uh, Jesus's ministry. But also a kid's song also reflects the solemnity of a funeral when it says we wailed. And that reflects it on that reflects on John's ministry of penance. So the unbeliever, unbelieving Jews in Jesus's generations, they refuse to embrace the invitations from Christ when he talks using wedding language and festive language. They say we want none of that. Or when they hear John the Baptist talk very penitential and very sacrificial, they also they also say we want none of that as well. So and, and, and why do they do that? Because they're accusing Jesus of being dangerous. And they're cu- accusing him even of even having a demon. Huh. Yeah, m- many of, many of uh, the Jewish people at the time of Christ, they, they viewed Jesus as a stubborn and rebellious son in, in accordance with Deuteronomy chapter 21, verse 20, where it says uh, that, a, that a rebellious son should be killed in Deuteronomy 21, 21. But obviously at the end it says wisdom is justified by her deeds. Who is wisdom? Well, Jesus is wisdom personified, according to St. Paul uh, in, uh, in, in, in 1 Corinthians. But also we see that Jesus transfers the, the, this title of wisdom to himself in light of his messianic signs and his messianic teachings. And again, St. Paul says in 1 Corinthians one thirty that he is wisdom personified. And, uh, and Terry, uh, we have much the same thing today. We have a lot of people that... Uh, they don't turn to Christ when they hear the good news. And when they hear uh, judgment, they don't turn to Christ either. We have the same problem today. Well, nothing's changed. There's original sin is alive and well uh, at all times of life. Jesse, um, I'd, for the saint of the day, I know you did a show while I was gone on, Guadal- on Our Lady of Guadalupe. But what about Juan 
Diego. Let's get a little cover on him. Yeah, Terry, Juan Diego, interesting figure. He was uh, lived in an Aztec culture. Yep. He was he was actually educated. He was a businessman. He was a farmer. He was a hunter. He was a widow as well. He was in his late 50s. And uh, and but but he was perplexed because he saw that the Aztecs, his people were very sophisticated, very uh, they were advanced in architecture and science, but they were cannibals mm -hmm. and they killed. They, they, they performed human sacrifice. So he was conflicted. Yeah. Well, so one day he's walking over to visit his, his uncle Juan Bernardino and uh, a lady. He says the most beautiful woman in the world appeared to him. He says absolutely stunning. He says mm -hmm. she was a celestial woman. Mm -hmm. She appeared to him four, uh, four times on December 9th. She appeared today. She appeared to him twice, once in the morning, once in the afternoon. <clears throat> then she appeared to him December 11th and December 12th. So she appeared to him a total of four times. And she appeared to her, his uh, sick uncle, Juan Bernardino, one time. He was sick and she healed him. And she gave him a message which basically transformed the Aztec culture of death. Because the Aztecs had about 1,500 gods. They, they were polytheists. <laughs> But they had, uh, and, and again, they were just involved in human sacrifice and cannibalism. Though, though they, and, and they were also the world power at the time, 500 years ago in the Americas. They, they, they basically conquered all the other indigenous tribes in the Americas. They made them slaves. And, uh, and they were, back in the Aztec culture, one out of uh, three babies would be sacrificed to these, in these Aztec pyramids, to these demon gods, which is much the same today in America, Terry. We have like one out of three, I think. Uh, babies are being sacrificed also in, yep. in some of the in in in, in uh, so really nothing's changed nope. uh juan diego when our lady appeared to him and he went to the bishop he basically told the bishop uh, what he had seen the bishop didn't believe him so the bishop says well i have something for you from our lady he opened up his tilma roses fell out of the tilma and then the bishop had been praying that if it's you speaking to this indians send me some roses because roses don't grow in december in the snow so, so if, if, if you can send me some, some red roses from Castilian Spanish roses in December in the snow, I know this message is from God. Well, that's what happened. He opened up a steel mother, red roses fell down and instantly the, the picture of Our Lady of Guadalupe instantly uh, became manifest in a wow. steel mother right in front that's of the bishop. He fell miracle. down yep. and that was the miracle. He saw, the, he, in other words, that picture, Terry, is the only picture that's not painted <laughs> by human hands. It was painted by God himself. Exactly. And it, and, and, and it was painted immediately as he opened up the tilma. It, it manifested right there in front of the bishop. Uh, the red roses falling down. He knew that this was a sign that he'd been asking for. And he built the temple that Our Lady wanted to be built there in Mexico City. And uh, the culture of death was turned into a culture of life by this indigenous Indians for apparitions with the Blessed Virgin Mary. Amazing. When we come back, we'll talk about the eugenics rebranded. Also, we have an evangelization conference coming with... Johnny Romero, Terry Barber, January 14th. Check it out on our website. And I have some special announcement about Fulton Sheen when we come back here on the Terry and Jesse Show. You're listening to it on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Stay with us, family. Much more to inspire you to fall deeper in love with Jesus Christ and his bride, the church. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. I want to make an announcement about Fulton Sheen. This is 43 years ago today. Yeah, full Sheen ahead. 43 years ago, Bishop Sheen passed away. And as you know, folks, you've been listening to Terry and Jesse for years. Uh, we love Fulton Sheen. The content of his stuff is stellar. 
And um, if you remember, his beatification was set a couple years ago, and then like 10 days before it was going to happen, someone in the Vatican said, hey, wait a minute, we don't know what would happen if we find out that Fulton Sheen moved a predatory priest. That would blow it for us. We don't want to you know, be embarrassed by that. So I don't think we should beatify Fulton Sheen because you know, we haven't done all of our due diligence, which they did. The diocese opened up every section, every report, in the Rockford and his diocese in New York. But um, I bring this up because of what has happened about John Paul II the Great uh, in his uh, canonization. And now they're finding out that the Diocese of Krakow didn't open up the files and that St. John Paul II actually sent uh, sexually uh, priests priest that had sexual problems to other parishes. So the very thing that they didn't want to uh, have Fulton Sheen beatified mm-hmm. happened to St. John Paul II. So here's my question, Jesse. I'm sorry. You can calm me down later. My question is, what else, why, why, what's holding up the beatification of Fulton Sheen now that you know John Paul II is beatified, beatified and canonized, had that problem? Bishop Sheen didn't have that problem. I'll tell you what it is, Jesse. The modernists in the church do not want Bishop Sheen beatified and canonized because his material is the antidote to expose modernism in the Catholic Church. And it's why they're not wanting anything to have happen that's going to be beneficial to Fulton Sheen being beatified and canonized. Because again, the material of Fulton Sheen, it goes right against all the teachings that these modernists have in the Catholic Church today. That's what I think, Jesse. Yes, Gary, because these modernists are communist. And we know that because Bella Dodd told us about the infiltration. Well, there you go. Uh, yeah, and these modernists, uh, we, we also know Fulton Sheen wrote more about communism than any other bishop. He wrote against it, and, yep. uh, and, and he was, uh, he, he, he was uh, a, a, a constant uh, pebble in their shoe. Yep. And this is why they don't want to canonize him, because we have a lot of socialists slash communists in our church right now that have been uh, brought in here through Bella Dodd's uh, yeah. uh, pl- plan. And just one more quick note. You, you both, both of us read Imitation of Christ, Thomas Akempis. Mm-hmm. You know what stopped his beatification and canonization, Jesse? What was that? They said that when they dug him up, it looked like he was trying to crawl and, and scratching at the, the uh, coffin because they buried him alive. He woke up. And the fact that he didn't just you know, sit there and die peacefully, that he tried to get out, was a reason for the Vatican to say that we can't be out of fire. I, I thought that was like, really? So what I'm trying to say, Jesse, mm. is, again, I'm getting back to Fulton Sheen. Please, let's all pray. I, I'll tell you what I did to uh, Jesse, and I, I pray this. Uh, I drove, what, um, 12 hours from Nevada back home in cold weather. I didn't put the heater on. I froze my tail off. But I offered that up for the Holy Father to confirm us in our faith. And I also, in addition, I added that Bishop Sheen would be beatified. So let's all make little sacrifices. Little things add up to big things because the church is in need of Fulton Sheen's material. All right, I said enough, Jeff. Oh, gosh, you ain't kidding. Eugenics rebranded how the globalist transhumanist plan will destroy life as we know it by Dr. Joseph Mercola, one of the very respected doctors from uh, Frontline Doctors. Yeah, this article presents astonishing, essential new information uh, written in Whitney, Whitney Webb's two-volume work. Uh, the, it talks about this, uh, the sordid union between intelligence and crime that gave rise to Jeffrey Epstein. Yep. It is especially 
It is especially about current efforts to establish the Great Reset's global transhumanist slavery system, which should be of great concern to everyone because they are very serious about this diabolical scheme. The uh, so let's the, here's a story at a glance. Hey Jess, let's just mention something yeah. that's important. Tell us about the 33 year old author because this is fascinating. I mean, young guy. Yeah, you, yeah, you're right. Uh, the 30 year old author is yeah. uh, of, of this article yeah. appears to be much younger than that and lives in southern Chile. Mm-hmm. He's obviously an excellent researcher yep. because near the end of the interview, we learned that his Webb, his name's Whitney Webb, has a new age type of belief in God as being an obscure energy in the universe. However, that does not seem to have affected the value of, his, of her research, which is mostly of a clinical and historical nature and just reporting what she has learned. I would strongly recommend watching the interview or at least reading the article. All right. Good. So here's, a story, here's a story at a glance before oh, we get that's into great. it. Point, point. Here's, here's four bullets. Yes. Number one, the political corruption we see today mm-hmm. has grown out of a long-term unholy alliance between the U.S. intelligence agencies and organized crime syndicates. Wow. Number, Keep going. Number, number yeah. two, second bullet. This intelligence organized crime ring is setting into place a technocratic form of feudalism, a transhumanist slavery system. Ouch. Number three. Transhumanism is eugenics rebranded and the merger of Silicon Valley companies with Big Pharma is eugenics framed as health care. COVID has now shown us that this rebranded form of eugenics can, for- can be forced on us. Well said. And number four. While transhumanism is sold to us as a way to provide health equity for all, the reality is the complete opposite. Military reports confirm that the emergence of augmented cyborgs will not create equity, equity, but rather increase disparities. Unless you're in an elite class, transhumanism will not benefit you. Instead, you're designed to be a lab rat to help perfect transhumanist technology, as we're seeing right now, with the COVID shots. Wow. Jesse, those points are really uh, stellar. Yeah. And um, I just want to say that uh, people, you know, I know this sounds like, wow, what are we talking about? But think about all the church members right now, uh, whether it's Cardinal Seurat, all these cardinals and archbishops speaking out on this now. So it's not like, you know, we're out in the, in, 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 um, in, in the outside of the universe talking about this. In a video below this connection on Glenn Beck interviews investigated journalist Whitney Webb about her book, One Nation Under Black. I would suggest to get it. The sordid union between intelligence and crime gave rise to Jeffrey Epstein. Epstein, sorry, part one and two. These books provide the necessary framework to understand not just Jeffrey Epstein's geopolitical role and, and function, but also more broadly, a deep connection between the U.S. intelligence community and organized crime. The poli- this is the goal right here. The political corruption we see today, folks, grew out of these unholy alliances, mm. which has led to blackmail, bribery, being two key strateg- strategies by which the wealthy self-described elites maintain power and influence from behind the scenes. Well said. I'll last, last and I'll let you get right to the organized. As noted by Beck's web is a massive threat to powerful people. If people will listen and explore what she's saying, the game is up. I agree. People need to understand how the system we thought we knew actually works, how it's been used against us, and what the end game is. Well said. Terry, it's interesting. 
they uh, Hollywood makes movies oh, about yeah. these you know robots, mm-hmm. and uh, it's funny, but uh, it's like of the globalists. They make movies about you know something that they plan on doing in the future. Mm-hmm. And I remember a lot of Hollywood movies like oh, Star yeah. Wars in 1977 and iRobot in 2004, starting Will Smith or The Matrix in 1999. Uh, you know, uh, AI intelligence that there's actually a movie that was released in 2001. They make these movies as if they're trying to warn us, oh, yeah. here's what's coming in the future. Set the stage. Yeah, here's, here's the meat of the article. Yeah. Organized crime at the highest levels. Mm-hmm. Epstein's pedophilia and sexual blackmail enterprise was a central cog in this network of corruption for decades. He was also involved in many other questionable and criminal enterprises, including financial crimes, but he wasn't necessarily at the top level in any of them. Webb describes him more as a middle management type of character, mm-hmm. carrying out orders from higher ups, including the U.S. intelligence. That's exactly the way I feel, I feel about Biden, by the way. Oh, there's yeah. People, there's people above him. Oh, no question what about it. Yeah. Here, look, at, look at this, what she says. Overall, these higher ups are people who have who favor globalism and global governance and who don't want the United States to have a monopoly on power. They don't don't want to make America great again. In other words, this is part of why the power of the U.S. is now being dismantled before our eyes. Yeah, by Biden. But the undermining and infiltration has been have been going on for decades. Our government is basically run by organized crime. And this organized crime ring is setting into place a technocratic form of feudalism. In other words, a digital slavery system. This next paragraph is gold, Jesse. Read it, please. The reason Epstein's financial crimes matters because they're like a microcosm of what's going on in the U.S. for decades. According to Catherine Austin Fitz and Mark Skidmore, an estimated $21 trillion <laughs> of U.S. taxpayer money has already been looted, stolen, and siphoned out. Where did all that money go? Good question. Who took it? Against that background of having already been looted, we're now facing a radical degradation of our standard of living with rising inflation, we call that bite inflation, and manufactured energy and food crisis piled on top of each other. All of these things, Webb says, are part of a plan to coerce us into accepting the unacceptable, making sure people are cold, hungry, destitute, and desperate is a surefire way to get people to cooperate with the globalist takeover which includes a radical transition into transhumanism also jesse not just cold hungry destitute but fearful they need Mm. to continue to keep the fear level high because people will do anything when we come back we'll talk about transhumanism is eugenics rebranded i just want to remind everybody johnny romero jesse's brother He's coming in on the 14th. He's outstanding. Oh, yeah. 14th of January to talk on evangelization conference. I'll be there also given how to share your faith with anyone. But Johnny's going to give you some really good tips on how to dialogue on apologetics yeah. and just dealing with family members who might not be on the same page when it comes to their Catholic faith. It's going to be a great day. You can register by calling 877-526-2151. Or go online to VMPR, that's Virgin Most Powerful Radio.org, and register for the conference. And again, do you have a friend or relative that's not practicing the faith? What? Everybody does. See, don't be like, oh, well, I can't, what can I do? No. Have you thought about that? Maybe God's calling you to be the link with your prayers and your sacrifices and your love for your family member to bring them back to the faith? I mean, think about it. What does the church say? If souls are saved, 
everything is saved. If souls aren't saved, nothing is saved. So I really want to give a pitch to go hear Johnny Romero. Johnny and Jesse, when I first met them, were going out. We got them out going out to parishes and evangelization. They were a great one-two punch. And you're going to find out that Johnny, if you haven't heard him, mm. you're going to go, wow, he's just like his brother Jesse. Yep. They're, 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 two, they're the sons of thunder. Yeah, We used to call those two guys that. Remember, Jess? I remember, yeah. Yeah, that was like 30 years ago. but <laughs> well, We're still doing it, Terry. Nothing's changed. I, I know. We're, that... gonna, we're all, we're all going to do it till the, till the rims rust. <laughs> yeah, Jess, well, we just keep fighting. The so please, if you can make this conference, go to vmpr.org, register or call 877-526-2151. When we come back, yeah, we're going to talk about this transhumanism. Is eugenics rebranded? This is important stuff to know. And again, we're not the only one talking about this. We've got cardinals and archbishops saying, hey, folks, open our eyes. Remember, we can play a role in this with our prayers and sacrifices. Stay with us. We're back, Jess. I I never can stay stay seated, nope. Jesse. You know we're that. in the fight of our life, Terry. I, and I and I lo- you know what, Jesse? I got to be honest with you, bro. I I'm so excited that God has given us an opportunity to stand up for the truth in a world that acts like God doesn't exist. Yes, exactly. And, and you know what, Jesse? I don't know if this is a church teaching. I mentioned it to Bishop Strickland. Jess, if we're martyred for the faith, what does that do for our time in purgatory? <laughs> you, you get it? Yeah, exactly. No purgatory, my friend. Exactly! So, Jess, you know what? I'm selfish, okay, bro? Because I think I'm going to spend a lot of time in purgatory. If they want, if they're going to tell me I can't talk about marriage between a man and a woman only, and they say we're going to, you know, do whatever they're going to do to put me in jail, hey, you know what? They're going to hasten a blessing for me. And what I mean by that, Jess, they're going to give me an opportunity to suffer for the gospel. That's right. Amen, Terry. You and me both. All right, let's get back to this transhumanism. Is is eugenics rebranded? Rebranded, yep. Uh, The history of transhumanism, the roots of which go back to Julian Huxley, brother of the famous author Eldux Huxley, Mm -hmm. Julian was president of the British Eugenics Society. Good research. I know this the research this person did is fantastic. Oh, gosh. When the United Nations was created after World War II, he was put in charge of the United Nations Educational, Scientific, and Cultural Organization known as UNESCO, the stated aim of which is to promote world peace and security through international cooperation in education, arts, sciences, and culture. But in writing about his vision for UNESCO, Julian Huxley said about eugenics, quote, we need to make the unthinkable thinkable again. Oh, my gosh. And 10 years later, in 1957, he's the one that coined the term transhumanism. And described it as a eugenics through merging through the merging of man and machine. This is exactly wow. where the left is going, Terry. Yeah. So transhumanism is eugenics rebranded or, re, or repackaged. Yeah, right? exactly. This is also corroborated by the fact that the same people's families and organizations that in the past supported eugenics now support transhumanism. Likewise, the merger of Silicon Valley companies with Big Pharma is nothing other than eugenics framed as healthcare, And COVID has now shown us that this rebranded form of eugenics can be forced on us. Well said. Keep going, Jesse. This yeah. is... As noted by Webb, the yeah. researcher, while transhumanism 
is sold to us as a way for all people to obtain health and longevity, health equity for all, the reality will be far from equitable. Yeah. She points out that science fiction writer H.G. Wells once described the transhumanist future as one in which there is physically and intellectually augmented elite class and squat, dwarf-like slave underclass that eats bugs and doesn't even have the <laughs> cognitive capacity to rebel. Well, that's a key point, isn't it? Rebel. Yeah, sound familiar? Yeah, exactly. In other words, the World Economic Forum and their allied networks are pushing for a transition from real meat to insects. One of the primary side effects of the bioweapon referred to as the COVID-19 vaccine, aside from early death, is neurological dysfunction. And the masking, lockdowns, and shuttering of schools have resulted in children who are nonverbal, cognitively impaired, and or years behind on core reading and math skills. That's the facts. The transhumanist plan is being fast-tracked. Yep. As detailed in the plan to turn you into a genetically edited human cyborg, <laughs> a 2021 report by the UK Ministry of Defense and the German... Bunswer Office for Defense Planning offers shocking insights into the dystopian cybernetics future that global technocrats are pushing us towards. The report called Human Augmentation, the Dawn of a New Paradigm, a Strategic Implications Project, reviews the scientific goals of the UK and German defense ministries, and they are precisely what the title suggests. Human augmentation is stressed as being a key area of development. It's worth noting that anything released to the public is a decade or more behind current capabilities. So everything in this report can be considered dated news, yeah. even though it reads like pure science fiction. That's a great point to make, Jesse. Yeah. Ten years behind. Yeah. Continue. Importantly, the report notes that the human augmentation has the potential to change the meaning of what it means to be a human. This is where they're going. This is exactly oh, the yeah. end game. Play God. This is precisely what Klaus Schwab, mm -hmm. founder and executive director of the, of the World Economic Forum, has stated is the goal of the fourth industrial revolution. Schwab has stated that the fourth industrial revolution will lead to a fusion of our physical, our digital, and our biological entities. Beyond your own enhanced 5G cloud-connected self, the World Economic Forum foresees a near future in which everyone's digital identity is connected to each other through an internet of bodies. Let me just back up for a second here because you hear, hear about a cashless society. They want every transaction done, recorded through the internet. Well, that's where we're going. And, you know, the fact that we're moving at lightning speed into this transhumanist future envisioned by the WEF and militaries around the world, it is also evidenced by President Joe Biden's September 22nd executive order. Check this out. On advancing biotechnology, which places development of genetic engineering techniques to right circuitry for uh, cells and predictably program biology on a fast track. So he's saying, let's do it. He's already signed it. There it is. They want to connect us to the Internet. What's going to happen is you're going to have soulless robots. You're going to have literally Terminators. Watch the movie Terminator. <laughs> you're going to have uh, robots that look like they have a human appearance. They have human skin, a human body, 
but the soul's gone. They're going to be dead. They're going to be like, well, they're going to be like Terminators or Zyborgs. That's why they keep using this, this term in the article. Uh, and, and again, because remember, uh, the body and the soul, uh, when they separate, that's called death. Yep. And in order for you to, you to be connected to the internet and, and, and be connected with everybody else, the people are going to have to be dead, Terry. They're just going to be using their skin, their body parts. Yep. And uh, they're going to just be overlaid over these machines. Yep, very sad. It says U.S. US Defense Department is also working on human cyborgs. On September 14th, uh, 2022, Dr. Robert Malone also reviewed the U.S. Department of Defense plans for an army of human cyborgs. They've been talking about this for years. They said, we don't need human soldiers no more. Certain reports alone tell the story, such as the Biotechnologies for Health and Human Performance Council's report, Zyberg Soldier 2050, that's the goal, human-machine fusion, and the implications for the, for the nature of the Department of Defense. According to the assessment abstract, the primary objective of this effort was to forecast and evaluate the military implications of machines that are physically integrated with the human body to augment and enhance human performance over the next 30 years. This is what you call the 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 world Future, uh, huh? you know, <laughs> yeah the 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 econ- the, the, the e- world economic uh the war complex Terry. yeah this is this is boeing lockheed raytheon uh, <laughs> uh the, these are these are the people that stand to make billions and billions of dollars out of making these machine soldiers because they all they care Terry is about war they don't care no. about people no the, the, that's called the industrial war complex this is all, and this is all the left cares about too, uh, is making the industrial war and, and, and the, and the rhinos on the right, uh, the uniparty, all they care about is war, Terry, because it's big business. Continue because they want all this the, to happen by the, 2050. Go ahead. This yeah. report summarizes the assessment and findings, identifies four potential military use cases for new technologies in this area. Yep. The, and assesses their impact upon the Department of Defense organizational structure, warfighter doctrine and tactics, and interoperability with U.S. allies in civil society. Wow. Human augmentation technologies deemed technically feasible by 2050 at the latest include ocular enhancements, that's eyes, to improve sight and situational awareness, optogenetic bodysuit to restore or improve muscular strength and control. Yeah, you can look like a Terminator. Auditory enhancements <laughs> and neural enhancement to the brain for two-way data transfers and brain-to-brain communication. Yeah, you'll be dead. Okay, they're just going to use your brain. With H.G. Wells' <laughs> description of our transhumanist future in mind, the two-tiered society of augmented superhumans and bug-eating devolved slaves, it's worth noting that the Department of Defense Zyberg Soldier Report and the British German Human Augmentation report addresses the fact that human augmentation will inevitably widen already existing disparities, inequalities, and inequities, not close them, and therefore efforts should be undertaken to reverse negative cultural narratives of enhancement technologies. Let me go to the right to the final thoughts. Yeah, get the final thoughts, Jess. This is brilliant. I don't know what it will take to prevent the dystopian post-human world envisioned by technocratic transhumanist elitists. But I suspect education would be a cornerstone of such an endeavor. In order for there to be a resistance, enough people need to be aware of what the plan is and where we're actually being led to with all these novel therapies and inventions. In the short term, in the shorter term, it's crucial to realize that the fast tracking of genetic engineering technologies and techniques to be able to write circuitry for cells and predictably program biology in the same way in which we write software and program computers means they're going to cut corners, loads of them. Testing is basically going to be done on the population at large, 
just as they've, they've done with COVID jabs. The results of such experimentation are relatively predictable. People will be seriously injured and many will die. We also don't know the, what the legal standing of people whose genetics are altered by RNA might be now or in the future, since that is yet to be established. So please think long and hard before you agree to take any of these forthcoming gene therapies, be they COVID, COVID boosters or any other vaccines. They're not vaccines. They're gene therapy transfer technology that alter your DNA. They're part of the transhumanist agenda, the fourth industrial revolution. And remember, transhumanism is a eugenics agenda meant to depopulate the, the planet same agenda, just new tools. This is the work of the Antichrist, Terry. Yeah, that's the statement where you just said depopulation. You see why they don't need six or seven billion people on planet Earth? Do you see why they want to kill the unborn baby? They're all tied into this. It's all about, hey, we, we can do this with under a billion, half, three quarters of a billion people. And we just have robots and we just, you know, we control it all. We won't have, we'll have control of it all. It's coming down to they want to play God. Yeah, and, it says right here. They want to. They want the zyborfication of yep. mankind in order to maintain transhumanism. All right, how do in we handle words, this? Yep. Zyber- yeah. Exactly. Up next, let's talk prayer. with Father Lavostic about the point of prayer. That's just how we're going to handle anything in life, is our relationship is deep with Jesus Christ. That's what we're going to talk about right when we come back. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. So what's the point of prayer? Father Lavostic said his prayer is lifting up the mind, lifting up our minds and hearts to God, to praise his goodness, to thank him for his kindness, to acknowledge our sins and plead for pardon. Wow. To ask for his aid for our salvation and to give glory to him. See, this is important, Terry, especially at a time oh. right, right now where a lot of people are so connected to the news yes. and, and disconnected. I, I, I don't got a problem connect, being connected with the news, but you got to be connected more with God than the news. Absolutely. If not, uh, if not uh, you're going to fall into depression and despondency and despair. Well, well, time out, Jesse. This is why this is the antidote to what we just discussed. Yeah. The horribleness of man with original sin and what they're trying to play God here. Now, by Father Lavosik, who's just to get set the stage, he wrote the book, The Hidden Power of Kindness. He wrote all these little books for your kids on uh, the Catholic faith. Anything this guy writes is gold. Mm. And so if you can go to yeah. Sophia Press, that's who the publisher of a lot of his books are. Continue, Jess. Note the words mind and heart. Not every thought of God is a prayer. The prayer may spend hours, a person may spend hours thinking of God and yet not be praying. When you pray, mm-hmm. your mind and your heart or your will are active. Your mind occupies itself in thinking of God and your relationship to him. Your heart or your will performs acts of worship. Your mind and your heart are, so to speak, two wings by which your soul lifts itself to God. The skylark soars high into heavens where it sings its beautiful song. So too, when you pray, your mind and heart soar heavenward. You think devoutly of God and speak devoutly to God. While entertaining a friend, you forget everything else. When you pray, you ought also to forget earthly things. Your heart should speak only to God. Prayer is conversation with God, thus wrote St. Clement of Alexandria in the 2nd century. Aware of God, looking at Him with the eyes of your soul, you reach towards Him to converse with Him, to give Him what you have, to make your will one with Him. You adore, praise, and thank Him. 
you ask for his help and his pardon. You trust God in the simplest way, confiding to him all that you have most at heart. Your sorrows and joys, your hopes and fears, your desires and plans. In return, you receive from him help, consolation, and advice. You know, Jesse, this guy's just got, he nails it. You know, you speak quite plainly with God of the most important matters and often without any feelings or emotions. All that matters is that you speak honestly and earnestly. You pray well when you tell God what is in your heart. That's a gold statement right there. What Mm -hmm. is in your heart? Thus, prayer is a communication of spirit, the spirit of man of God, of, of man with God. And then he quotes St. Francis de Sales. I encourage people to get the introduction of devout life. This is just a, a gem for the church. The chief exercise of prayer is to speak to God and hear God speak in the bottom of your heart. So talk to God as simply and naturally as you talk to your mother. Be ever conscious that his love of you surpasses even hers. Yes, remember that. That that's to him. You owe all you have that you that your whole happiness depends on his kindness, generosity, and that since he is truly your father, he desires to have you tell him whatever is on your mind and in your heart. Think of this. God if God stopped thinking about you, really believe this, our listener. Mm-hmm. If God stopped thinking about you, you would cease to exist. Continue, Jess, on prayer. Yeah, because we're all dependent. Exactly. Dependent beings, dependent yep. upon God. Yep. Uh, prayer is the simplest and most natural expression of worship. All intelligent creatures are bound to think about God and to converse with him. In other words, to pray to him, prayer requires no learning or eloquence. In order to pray, you need only to understand who is God, who God is mm-hmm. and who you are. Yep. You need only to understand how great is God's fatherly goodness and how deep your own misery. Mm. Faith will teach you all that is necessary, but your prayer to be true prayer must be from your heart. Well said. You can pray to God at any time and in any place, for you are always in his presence. His love for you is always the same. Even when you are swamped with worldly cares and selfish interests, he is close to you. You will always find him waiting to listen, ready to answer. God is the source of all peace and joy. Prayer unites us with God. Hence, you cannot find a better means of relaxing your body and mind than by lifting up your mind and hearts to God in prayer. We're going to continue on this article. We only have a couple minutes. But Jesse, I want to recommend people to get your book. You make a great point about uh, prayer and what it does to the body. Can you just, Mm. in one minute, tell us what that does to your whole body? Yeah. uh, What what happens is when you pray, I wrote a book called Lord, Prepare My Hands for Battle. The last two chapters, I go into like the physical... Mm -hmm. Uh, physical uh, consequences of praying. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's all kinds of physical bodily consequences that happen when you start praying, especially when you hit about the 15 minute mark of prayer. Yep. Uh, the, the the chemicals in the brain start releasing endorphins, uh, serotonin, and dopamine, which is is an is an antidepressant that you have in your body that yeah. fights depression, and it also gives you the feeling of wellness. It fe- gives you the feeling of, of 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 you know hope and zest and zeal for life, uh, and and also. When you pray after about the 15 minute mark, what it does, prayer, it, it, uh, it, it shuts down uh, the bad parts of the brain where, where depression <laughs> and anger and irritability and isolation, because there are, there, are, there are some not so good parts of the brain. Uh, and what, what prayer does is it turns them off, like, like going into a room and turning off the light. It shuts them down and it, and it lights up the good parts of the brain 
that again have these natural chemicals that just give you this these uh these these chem these endorphins that make you feel uh you know zealous and hopeful and 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 and, and fights off depression and also terry uh, you can also see that people that pray uh, they live longer. That's right. They, they, the studies show that they live longer, about seven to eight years longer than people that don't pray. People that pray heal faster when they get sick than pe- versus people that don't pray. Uh, people that pray, uh, they, they have longer marriages. They stay married longer than people that don't pray. Uh, suicides <laughs> exactly. are, are way, yeah, for, yeah, for people that pray, suicides are way down versus people that don't pray, suicides are way up. And so the, the data is there. Me- it is. Medicine is on our side, Terry. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, Jesse, thanks for sharing that about your book. Go to jesseromero.com and pick that up. You know, Jesse, because uh, of the time factor, I just want to say, apart from Holy Communion, Father Lavosik's point is there is no more intimate union with God than by prayer. If you think of God and long for him, you will share in the greatness of God. Praying is the most exalted act that you can perform. Because without prayer, you dare not face life. That's a statement, Jesse. Can you imagine people facing life without your prayer life? You're done, man. You're toast. Well, that's why, that's why St. Uh, Alphonsus Liguori, he's the moral theologian. He's, yep. and he, he says, a great line. Yeah, he says, those who pray will be saved. That's right. And those who do not pray will be damned. It's that's very it. simple. It is. St. Augustine says something quite the same. He yeah. says, if you live well, you are, you'll pray, pray well. If you, if, pray you, well. if you pray well, you will die well. If you die well, all will be well. Amen. Hey, Jesse, if, if we are out of touch with God, our Lady and the Saints, you cannot do work or carry on your burdens of hope to reach eternal life. Mm-mm. Like one deprived of air and water, you will smother, you will dry up, and perish miserably. See, that's the one. That's the truth about life, and people need to hear that. Talk, Jess, what about prayers and attitude of the soul? Yeah, I, I, I like the section where it talks about going to scripture, where it talks about. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it says in the Old Testament, yep. oh, we yeah, read that, that Jacob good. had a dream yep. in which he saw a ladder reaching from that's the earth right. to heaven, and the angels were going up and down the ladder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like what he says here. Perfect. Prayer is like a ladder yep. that reaches from earth to heaven. And the angels constantly ascend it and descend by it. That is, here it is. The angels carry your prayers to God's throne. That's how it works. And, and the angels bring God's grace to you. I love that. So every one of us, uh, when we start praying, Jacob's ladder, it just appears right behind us, whether you know it or not, Terry. Yeah. Jesse, that's a great point. And to finish up, I want to just... Point this out because we only have a couple of minutes. There are two kinds of people in the world, Jess. You've said this for years. <laughs> two teams. He says, yeah. those seeking worldly pre- pleasures and those seeking God. Yeah, that's it. The later finds their happiness in knowing, loving, and serving God in this world so that they may be with him in heaven. The world cannot give true, lasting, satisfy- satisfying happiness because man was not made for this world. See, that's what the world doesn't understand. God made man to find true happiness in him alone. He has given us the means of keeping in touch with him by prayer. Thus, after years of intimate union with God in prayer, St. Augustine could write, you have made for us yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. Consequently, two great lessons must be learned about prayer. First, learn simplicity in prayer. 
It is easy to pray if you have if you have goodwill. Mm. No learning, fluency of speech, mental quickness, or fervor or of feeling is necessary. Look at God and give Him what you have, and that is most of all your goodwill. This is prayer. The second lesson is that you must harmonize conduct with prayer. Prayer is a central activity of the Christian's life. His supreme interest, his highest privilege, it should be the dominating principle that binds together all his scattered acts. And your life must have one controlling aim. You cannot afford to be in conflict and at cross purposes with yourself. You will find the secret of this unity of plan and prayer. You are well on your way to happiness and holiness once you have fitted the rest of your life into those aims and aspirations which are yours when you lift up your mind and will to God in prayer. You notice what we just did today, folks? We had a big problem on our hands. Man, sin, solution, salvation through Christ. Jesse, if we can only, that's what we have Virgin Most Powerful Radio for. We show you all the worldly things and the thoughts that the world is thinking. But then we give the solution what we call a world biblical view. Talking about a world biblical view, up next is the Bible with the barbers. I'm going to be on with my wife. And boy, are we going to talk about Advent, Christmas, and just the having a world biblical view there. Mm. But just what you just did today is problem, solution. It's always the same answer. His yeah. name is Jesus Christ because he's the truth. That's right. Yep, that's right, Terry. And uh, remember, as Catholics... Uh, this is a season of Advent. This is where we're preparing our hearts for the first coming of Christ, Christmas Day, and the second coming of Christ. It could happen in our lifetime, but uh, if it doesn't happen, you will see Jesus. Everyone has an exit interview. It's called a particular judgment. And so Advent is a time to remember, That's right. if I saw Jesus today, would I be ready? And so this is a time of preparation. Uh, and this is also a time uh, to emulate the uh, the virtues Terry of Santa Claus, Absolutely. who was very Saint Nicholas, a Catholic bishop, yep. who was a very not only orthodox, but also very generous uh, with uh, with those that had less less than he did. And if I can recommend a good Christmas gift, Father Bishop Athanasius Snyder's book, The Catholic Mass. We still have many copies of this book here. Call eight seven seven five two six two one five one or go online to vmpr.org. Pick up that for a Christmas gift for your loved one. Jesse, what state should we be living in, brother? Let's live in a state of grace. Don't live in a state of mortal sin. Remember, life is short. Eternity's forever. And as Catholics, uh, we're called to be great saints. Don't miss the opportunity. And don't forget Our Lady of Fatima said souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. Let's make those sacrifices for souls that are away from God. That the graces will be given for these pagan people that they will come to know Jesus Christ and His saving grace. Up next, Bible with the Barbers on VMCR.org. God love you.